Well, hello there, and welcome to your show, Take Two, with Jerry and Debbie. And we say you, because you are the key person. You are the teachers uh, that come forth and share your lived experiences on the subjects we introduce, the questions we ask. I'm Debbie Giorgiani with Jerry Usher, and I'm looking forward to today's topic because we're asking the question, when do you wish you had taken action? Think about it for a moment and then call in. Jerry, I think we're going to all learn and grow together because our teachers, the Take Two family, are going to show up strong. You always do. 833-288-EWTN. 833-288-3986. And what we mean by when do you wish you had taken action, but you didn't, you chose not to. Maybe you felt a little prompting in your spirit. Maybe you just thought, hey, I've got to, I've got to jump in and do something here right now. But maybe you kind of held back. And after the fact, you kind of said, well, I wish I, I wish I had done that now. You know, that's kind of what we're talking about today because... These kinds of uh, you know, circumstances come up in all of our lives, I think, on a fairly regular basis. So is there a time you were, you were, you were kind of nudged or prompted in your heart and your spirit to take some sort of action, whatever it was, and you chose not to? And now you kind of look back and wish you had. 833-288-3986. There are several instances in my uh, life and in my experience here on, on earth for 57 years that I wish I had taken action um, uh, with certain circumstances. Um, the outcome of those uh, scenarios um, didn't always turn out very good. And it was kind of a couple even ended up tragic, a tragic ending. And so I wish I had taken action. What's rather than going in the details of the story, because I don't want to take up time because the take two family really wants to weigh in at 833-288-3986. This is what I will share about why uh, I wish I had taken action. I was disappointed in myself that I let fear and outside influence stop me. So hear hear me again, please take two family. I was very disappointed in myself that I let fear and outside influences um, uh, persuade me to not to to stay silent and to not take action. Um, I wish I had gone with my instinct, the Holy, I believe it was the Holy Spirit, Um, but The good news is, I believe, and I've seen this in my own 57 years on earth, Jerry, that God um, makes good come out of all things that are pretty messed up. And so that's the good news, you know? Um, And so I, I take comfort in that. But I will tell you that every time something very critical comes up that I have to make um, a decision or or go in a certain way or speak about something, um, I do lean very heavily into, into the Holy Spirit, as opposed to listening to outside voices, trying to tell me of all the things that could go wrong or, you know, don't do that or be careful. You know, I constantly heard that, be careful, be careful. Well, when you hear that, you know, a thousand times, you start to get, to become a very fearful person. What do you, what do you say to that? No, I agree completely. I, I think that's a very good example. And, uh, I think, you know, I just want to make sure that our listeners know too, Debbie, that, you know, we're not doing this exercise today so that you can kind of look back and say, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heel. I'm a real heel. I should have done something there. You're like, you're guilty of something. You're not guilty of anything. Maybe it's just that you look back and say, well, you know, maybe I could have changed the situation or the outcome could have been different or something like that. So we're asking today, is there a time in your life uh, when you 
you looked at a situation, you thought, I, I need to take action. I need to do something. I need to say something. Even, mm-hmm. even, even sometimes we, we omit saying things. And then after the fact, you go, you know what? Ah, I wish I would have said something at that time. See, we can all learn from all of these experiences that we have. And that's the Absolutely. key. That's the bottom line mm-hmm. with Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you. So join us in this impactful conversation at 833-288-3986. And we notice this is happening now on a regular basis. Um, you guys are choosing maybe a confirmation name or a name that you wish you had um, it, it, instead of your birth name or a name you always liked growing up. And that's fine. We, we just want to call you by first name when we, when we have these conversations because we just feel that anonymous is very, it's kind of cold. And, we, and that's not what a family does. When, when was the last time you said to your sister, hello, anonymous? You know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work that way very well for in a family so we are family and we go by by uh, first names and also too if there's something you want to uh, pray for or add some uh, names of people that you want to you want us to storm heaven about as we talk about these um, different circumstances in our life that we wish we had taken action please give the first name if you feel comfortable I do have the prayer book out um, I actually have it out from um, this whole week so it's it's staying out on my on my desk. So that's a good thing. That means I, I, I believe we're going to have some people we need to pray for. You know, I, I had a situation when I was uh, in priestly formation what, back in the 1990s, and this was, I, I wish I had done something, and actually it turned out quite well for me because God is go, so good and gracious. Um, I, I passed by somebody on the street who looked like they needed some help, and I, I drove by, and I thought to myself, you know what, I need to go back there, and I checked my wallet. I, I, I had a $5 bill. That's all the money I had, mm-hmm. and so I turned around, and I went back, and this person was gone, and I thought, oh, you know, Missed I wish I had just taken action when I was prompted. The beautiful thing about that is God honored my heart anyway, and I got a check from the Knights of Columbus in the mail that day for $500. So, you know, it was 30, 60, and 100-fold, you know, but I still look back and, you know, I don't beat myself up over it, but there are just these situations in life. Some some of them are minor. Some of them are pretty significant life situations. So we're just asking you, Take Two Family, is there a time you wish you had acted or said something, done something, and you were prompted to do so, felt it maybe really strongly, maybe just very, very minimally, but you Mm -hmm. didn't do anything, and afterwards you just kind of said, you know what, I really wish I had done that. Mm -hmm. 833 Two eight eight three nine eight six, and you learned from it. And so the next time God presents the similar situation, you knew how to respond. Maybe you did take action, and you felt it was the right move, and it and it didn't turn out well. And and then you said, um, okay, but I had to go. I had to go with my gut feeling on it because of these reasons. So if you can give us the details of the story, it helps us all to enter into this and really walk away from this brief hour we get to spend with one another, um, you know, a little bit changed, hopefully a little bit closer to God, a little bit in touch with our Holy Spirit nudging. And by the way, if you're feeling nudged by the Spirit right now, you got to call in. Okay, there's a couple open phone lines. We're asking you, when do you wish you had taken action with something? So please call us 833-288- 3986. This is your show, Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you. Call us. All right, phone lines are almost full. There is still room for you if you dial quickly 833 833- 
288-3986. Outside North America, it is 205-271-2985. Today, we're looking back in our lives. Maybe there was a time at some point in your life when you felt uh, you, you, should, you should say something or do something in a certain situation. And whatever it, whatever it was that stopped you from doing that, whether it was hesitation, fear, not wanting to... Uh, meddle in somebody else's affairs. It could, be, it could be any reason why you didn't do that. And afterwards, you just kind of said, you know what, I should have, and next time I will. Tell us about it, 833-288-3986. Today is a great feast day, the feast of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. Her birth name was Edith Stein, and uh, we have a beautiful item in the EWTM Religious Catalog, pulling from Edith Stein's own writings. It's St. Edith Stein, a spiritual portrait, and you'll also get a free DVD. It's by the author Diane Marie Traflet. It infuses this biography of St. Teresa Benedicta with her spirituality carrying light into the world and understanding human suffering. With each purchase, you'll receive a free DVD of the author's Sunday Night Prime interview. This is available now at the EWTN Religious Catalog, which is EWTNRC.com. You always get free standard shipping for online orders, $75 or more in the continental U.S. Just use code FREE when you check out. I would definitely encourage you to look at this book and this DVD. Okay, we will go to the phones. There's room for you at 833-288-3986. And tell us a time when you wish you had taken action. Um, or maybe you did um, jump into action and, you know, tell us the details of that, the outcome. We'd love to know. So Claire is up first, and she is in the great state of Texas on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, Claire. Welcome to Take Two. Hi, um I wanted to share that one thing that I wished I had acted on was I had had uh, years back a falling out with someone that I had had a decades-long friendship with. And um, I feel now looking back over everything and the actions of that person, not what they said, but the actions that they are not really a friend and not a safe person. But uh, at the time, she, you know, we had had the disagreement and um, she had done something really hurtful when I took it to her. She had no, you know, she seemed to show no empathy. She didn't care about, uh, you know, sitting down and working it out together. She just cut me off, uh, didn't talk to me for years. And then finally uh, it came, something happened, and we were able to have a phone discussion and at that phone discussion, I tried to pray before it. I tried to prepare before it. It was during COVID. So, you know, that person didn't want to meet with me in person. So we did it over the phone, which was regrettable. But uh, anyway, in that conversation, I just tried to, like, talk about how God had given us to each other and that, you know, try and talk about, you know, uh, take. I took the perspective of just, like, talking about things of God, you know, in relation to how we were supposed to relate to each other. And after the fact, I just think it just went totally over that person's head. And I know I shouldn't try and do that, like assume what they were thinking, but I'm just going by the actions of the person afterwards. So in that conversation, I was just trying to focus on like being peaceable. And I didn't bring up any of the things that hurt me. Like, let's talk about this. Let's get it out in the open. Let's talk about it. And after that conversation, they reverted back to the same behavior to me, it seems like. And so now I just feel like I can never talk to that person again because they're not safe. 
they've taken things that I've told them in the past and olive branches that I extended to them and they kind of used it for their own advantage. And so I just kind of regret not being able to say what I, you know, like that really hurt me that, you know, when you did that, it didn't help anything. And so I didn't want to, are you there? Yeah. Oh, yes. We're here. Oh, yes. I didn't, you know, during that conversation that we had, I just felt like, like um, I had talked to a priest beforehand and he, I, I don't want to say wrong with, it's hard. My memory's not good. I don't know what the priest told me to tell her, but, you know, I, I tried to get advice from different people, and they said, don't bring up the problem. Don't bring it up. Don't rehash it, because that's only going to make things worse. So what I did was I just tried to say, you know, like, you know, we had like a half-hour-long conversation, something like that, and I just told her, you know, um, God gave us to each other, and, you know, He wants us to, you know, relate to each other in a healthy way. I was sort of talking about things, like, in general, and we I didn't get to that, like, this really hurt me when you cut me off, you know, when you unfriended me. And um, so I just feel like I lost my chance. You know, I mm-hmm. can't talk to that person anymore because they clearly have shown they have no interest in making things right. Um, they've never come to me to say, like, let's sit down and look at each other face to face and talk. They, they've just shown no desire whatsoever to restore the friendship. They've moved on. She's moved on. And... Um, um, so I just stayed there and, you know, I've been thinking the last couple of days, you know, it's, it's hard because you go through this pain and everything and no one acts perfectly. I didn't, I didn't act like the, my best self that God created me to be at the initial part of it. When we had the disagreement, mm-hmm. I regret that, you know, I, I, um, I feel like I was acting in reactive abuse. I don't know if that's, if you know what that is, I'm sure you do. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, it just, uh, but then I tried to make things better. I was open to, you know, uh, making the relationship better, but I just feel like this person had no desire to do that. And it was quite shocking to me. It was like an emotional shock because, you know, after 21 years, I, I my heart and my mind can't wrapped itself around how a person can just cut you off, move on with life after so many experiences together, that long of a friendship. It just, I don't even, I I, I think I'm still, even though that happened like five years ago and that phone conversation where I tried to patch things up happened like about three years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Claire, um, my mother used to say, I've mentioned this on the program before, my mom used to say, if you have one true friend in your life, you're lucky. I used to think, wow, that's weird. You know, I got tons and tons of friends. But what you're pointing out here, I think, is, you know, we're talking about real true friendship where one person will, you know, sacrifice maybe to the point of laying down their life for the other person. And what do they say? Actions speak louder than words. And you saw, rather than words from this particular individual, you know, it was it was her actions, I guess, that showed you that even after that conversation, she really hadn't changed all that much and sometimes friendships have to be uh, passed through circumstances like this passed through the fire to be tested and you know um i i don't know you you would be the only one who could determine this but maybe you're better off without that friendship i don't know only you can make that determination debbie i don't know if you got some thoughts yeah i think those were great words but claire are you open to a a a suggestion about uh closure with this yes i am okay 
Okay, cool. Um, what I would do, first of all, you know, what you, what you described, and, and thank you for giving us uh, the details of, of the friendship. Um, you described a person who, you know, she, she is probably stuck in her own uh, things, and she's not realizing a lot of things about the relationship, about the friendship, about what your expectations were, where you come from is, I mean, obviously, because in that phone conversation, it didn't seem to turn out the way you wanted it to. Um, but it does bother you because you, we do uh, put a lot of hope into friendships that we want it to be fulfilling and sustaining and, and lifelong and, you know, and, and pleasing uh, and also pleasing to God. Um, here's, here's what I would suggest first, obviously I'm sure you're probably doing it. I would pray for her. I would pray for good things, uh, to happen to her and to, and to, uh, for her to be blessed and for her to live a, you know, a beautiful, um, godly life that, that would be wonderful because that only uh, comes it circles around and benefits you. That's number one. Number two, I would write a letter. I would write a letter and I would pour it all out just like you did on this phone call. And I would say everything that you just said, how it, you know, you expected things from her, how you were disappointed, how things turned out. And then, and then, um, Claire, I would, I would put it in an envelope, seal it and put it away in your nightstand. And I'll tell you why, because your brain's going to think you mailed it. And it's going to give you that, that peace of mind that you got your feelings, um, out there, you got them down on paper, and it lets you kind of put uh, put that on the shelf or have some closure so you can move on in in just in a joy filled way. But but believe me when I tell you this, I've been doing life coaching since the year two thousand. Your story, I've heard it many many times, hundreds of times. So it happens to a lot of people, a lot of people. So any, can you do that? Do you think maybe you could you could pray about that and see if the letter uh, exercise would really help with closure? I can try. I have, I have a little bit, this is probably going to sound, you know, but, um, I know that, um, I did it in the very beginning, like Mm -hmm. at at the very beginning when the, it had happened, I did it and it was extremely painful for me to do. I, Mm -hmm. I always find journaling kind of, for me, I find it kind of depressing, you know, but, um, but, but I will think about it and pray about it. Okay. Well, then, well, let me just suggest this then. I don't want anything to trigger you or to re-traumatize you or anything like that, okay? So how about this? Why don't you, when you're in the privacy of your um, your bathroom mirror, okay, just just talk out loud as if you were talking out loud to her and just and get and and act like she's right in front of you and just talk it out so that you have that what just what you did right now actually you, you you pretty much did most of it right now with this phone call but it does help to get it out of your head is what i'm trying what i'm trying to get to yes i hear you i i will i will definitely pray about it and and try some of those things i have been praying my heart out and i've prayed for that person every day since cool Cool. It'll only benefit you, Claire. It it, it ends up blessing you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right, Claire, thank you so much for being part of this conversation today, getting us started at 833-288-3986. Let's go to Abilene, Texas. Susan, Suzanne, rather, I'm sorry, is listening on the EWTN app. Hi, Suzanne. Welcome. Hi. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, And I, I am not one to cry. But I'm recovering from COVID, and I don't know if it's the COVID or the antiviral. But, I mean, listening to um, 
oh, the show two hours before you, and somebody mentioned higher power made me cry. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little emotional, but this subject really hits close to home. Um, 19 years ago, with my firstborn grandson, I was seeing a very unhealthy, dysfunctional relationship between my son and, at the time, the mother of his child. They did subsequently get married. Um, it it was a it was a very very bad situation for the two children they had, and my mother and I cried over and debated about what to do. We really felt like we needed to call Child Protective Services. I mean, my mother put it really well one day. We laughed, but it it was it was not laughter of humor. She said, "You know, most." parents want better for their children our kids don't even really want to feed their kids so i regret very much that i did not follow through on what i knew i needed to do but at the time he was in medical school he was in residency um i didn't want to destroy the family i didn't want to destroy his career I felt like the best thing I could do was, number one, feed the children and spend as much time around them, giving them the love that I could not see that they were getting from their parents. Um, and as I told your call screener, and I wish I could remember his name, uh, I Matt. said, fortunately, <laughs> Matt, we have a very loving Father in our God. And I know that so I'll have to talk I'll have to justify this. I'll have to explain why I did what I did when I am at my judgment. But I know that he's forgiven me for not reporting them. Um, and, and I know that God is taking care of my grandchildren. And I have already seen, after 17 years of prayer, my son has returned to the church. He subsequently divorced this woman that he together formed a very toxic relationship. He met a very lovely woman who was a cradle Catholic and things are so much different. Now, now his children are having a hard time. It's getting easier to realize their dad is different. Um, but I see him as the man I raised. And so with continued prayer, I know that this family will be healed, but I can't help but wonder if I had followed through on my instincts, would things have been better or worse for my mm -hmm. grandchildren? I don't know. Only God knows. Right, right. Well, Susanna, there's a, a lot of things I'd love to say about this. I'm, I wish we had uh, the whole entire hour to discuss situations like this, because the details you gave, I think, can help a lot of other families. Um, but um, if you can hang on, I just want to start by saying saying this part. Uh, well, first of all, let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, Suzanne, are you um, uh, a woman of faith? Are you Catholic or, or some other? I am. And that's kind of an interesting history. But yes, I converted in 1990 to deal with a custody battle. Okay. And I have been very active in my faith. I, it only gets stronger. I am so thankful to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm so thankful that my son, who converted with me, we came into the church together. He was wow. 10 wow. at the time. But he's back in the church, mm -hmm. in the Columbus. He and his lovely 
a second wife, had their marriage come validated. In the Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, welcome home. Suzanne, hang on. I know you're recovering from COVID, but hang on just a couple minutes because we have some things to share, I think, that can really help you and other families that are listening right now. Jerry, this is turning out to be a fabulous episode of Take Two. What do you say? It is. Mary and Christopher and Kimberly, hang on. You are still up on the program as well, so please stay with us. Well, as always, we're learning a lot, growing closer to God, and very impactful broadcast. Those of you uh, kind of sitting by listening right now, if you have something to share on the topic, there is a line open, 833-288-3986. If you just tuned in, it's Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN, and we're talking today about a situation, a time in your life when you were felt like you maybe should have said something or done something, acted in a certain way, and you chose not to, and now you kind of look back and say, well, really, I, I kind of wish I had acted or said something in that particular circumstance. 833-288-3986. We're talking with Suzanne in Abilene, Texas. And Debbie, I know you've got some thoughts for what she shared. I do. And Suzanne, thank you for holding. I wanted uh, the, your story really hit me deeply because I think as we um, grow our families and and, um, we get grandchildren and we're involved in the family, you know, there are these decisions that come up. uh, Some are more serious than others. And in your situation, it it sounded like you and your mom, you know, really took it to prayer and and you made um, the decisions you made and, and you stepped in where you could help. Um, the one thing that you said that really um, uh, kind of um, jumped out for me was this part about, I'm going to have to answer to God of why I did this. Um, Suzanne, you know this, and you're Catholic. And welcome home, by the way, to you and your entire family who came with you. I think it's beautiful. But I'm sure you took a lot of this in the confessional. Okay, so you you received, if, if there was something you could have done better and you feel like you failed in that area, that was all taken care of with the sacrament of reconciliation, okay? But you, you made the comment, I'm going to have to, you know, uh, you know, justify or maybe explain why I did. God is all knowing. He knows exactly what you went through. He knows the, the decision you had to make. He knows how you had to weigh certain things. He knows um, how you probably anguished over it. Okay. And it could be, why do I say that? Because you're a mom and you're a grandmother. We all do. It's like part of our DNA. We're going to worry about our kids and our grandkids. But Suzanne, the the thing that you did that I believe, this is me now talking, I'm not representing the Catholic Church, this is just Debbie talking, you stepped in, you didn't walk away, you didn't, you didn't uh, throw up your hands and say, hey, you know what, they're not, you know, it's not my responsibility, it's my son, he's grown, you know, they're not my uh, kids or my grandkids, you stepped in and tried to be there. That, in my opinion, is very pleasing to God. I will tell you that a lot of parents and grandparents walk away. They say these kids are adults. Hey, there's nothing I can do. So Suzanne, I just wanted to bring you that comfort today because our God is much bigger than, than we make him out to be at times. And I, and I just, I just am trying so hard in the, in whatever years I have left in the, on, on this earth to just get it out there to people that God is much bigger. We, we kind of, we kind of limit him tremendously. And any, any response to what I was sharing with you from my heart? I I uh, do appreciate what you're saying. I, I am though, and as a counselor, uh, uh, you're you're going to recognize this. Like 20 years later, well, not 20 years, because my oldest grandson is just barely 20. Um, I 
I entered into uh, some counseling, mm-hmm. and I learned that part of my response to the situation in the family was actually very unhealthy because I entered into a codependent relationship mm, okay. with especially my eldest grandson. Um, okay. But again, we have a fabulous father in God. Mm-hmm. And whatever mistakes we make in this world, he covers over. Yeah, he lifts it up for good. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I have tried to make my amends to my son, uh, even to my ex-daughter-in-law, who for the longest time hated my guts. And we're actually now planning a short, short cruise with her, my grandsons through her uh, in November. So we've come a long way with mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do caution anyone who may be facing this situation Spending, giving my grandchildren all the love I could, could, I think, was a good decision. But I never should have stepped in to interfere with the relationship between the parents and the children. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That was wrong. And uh, But again, we have a loving Father in God, and we have lots of good counselors Mm -hmm. that can help deal with any aftermath of that. Um, And and I, I know that that the very fact that God has brought my son back to church, so did St. Monica. Lord, I wore my knees out praying through her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and Mm -hmm. uh, that he's back in the church. He's setting that example for all five children in the family. My new daughter-in-law has three young children, and they are Mm -hmm. practicing and very devout in their faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, well, I'm very, very hopeful. well. But Suzanne, I have to tell you, it now that you told us the the um, end of the story or the developing uh, outcome of this beautiful story, it's kind of miraculous. If you really, if you really look at what you shared at the beginning, or what you know, what you were uh, uh, saying at the beginning, and now everybody's you know practicing their faith, coming into the church. You guys are getting together as family. That's huge. That's really big. So. You know, uh, God, God can do, can make anything, you know, really quite beautiful. And that's, that's amazing. What do you say to that, Jer? I agree with what you just said. God can make right anything we have made wrong. And uh, Suzanne, it sounds like you have done a lot of very helpful and beautiful, wonderful work in yourself. And you've seen, like Debbie said, the miraculous things happening. Our God, our Father is good, Suzanne, like you said. He is a wonderful, beautiful Father, loving Father. And you have experienced that firsthand, and we're so glad that you shared that with us today on this mm-hmm. program. So thank you, Suzanne. Yes. Have a blessed afternoon. And feel better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Marion is up next in Houston, Texas, also on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Marion. Thanks for waiting, and welcome. Hi, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, the program you're having today is just really pertinent for a lot of people, obviously judging from the calls, mm-hmm. but um, it really started even before that. I was listening to um, Women of Grace, and, and it kind of triggered what I'm going to tell you about. Um, it's something that bothers me off and on, has bothered me for years. This happened uh, probably 15 years ago, and I... Um, I did a, a, a real serious discernment about um, 
going into a spiritual director uh, formation program. And um, at that time, there was only one place to get that in this area, but, but also mostly around the country. There were not places to go, and I wouldn't have been able to go anyway. I had to have something close by because I have a family. But um, I, so I did, a, I, I did what I thought was a really good discernment, and, um, you know, they were only accepting, like, out of 120 applicants, they were only accepting 20, and I was accepted, and um, so I took that as, you know, another good sign that I was supposed to do it. And I still feel like I was supposed to do it, just not for the reason that I thought I was supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, to try and make this short, the whole time that I was in the program, I was a bit uncomfortable, but I kept remembering the discernment that I went through and that God had something and it was all going to make sense at some point, even though it didn't make sense at that time. So in trying to be obedient, I went through the whole program. At the end of it, um, I had to go talk to the director because I still was not feeling comfortable. And the reason I was not comfortable was because there was a lot of new age in it. Um, not the complete program. Of course, that's how New Age is. It, you know, it does have some truth to it. And, um, you know, it was, um, it was very hard. It was ecumenical, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it did, instead of it being a completely Catholic program, which was run by Catholic sisters, uh, it was an order that, that does this. Uh, in lots of places around the country. Anyway, um, so they, um, when I talked to the director, she didn't really get what I was trying to say. And she kept saying, well, we have all these, remember we had this on Augustine and we had this on, you know, on the mass and all of these things, which they did. They did have some very good and valid things, but they also had some, dangerous things that they presented, and I think they believed that they were presenting it for some of the Protestants that were there that used those things and, you know, think that it, they're valid. Anyway, I, um, when, I, when, when I didn't get a satisfactory explanation from her, or consideration, I should say, I... Um, I went to confession, and in confession, I talked to a priest about it, and he and I, this had never entered my mind, but he said, I want you to write a letter to the bishop. You need to write a letter to the bishop and tell him exactly what you told me, and of course, I went into much more detail with him, and so I did that, and I got a letter back from the bishop saying uh, he picked one of the things I cited, and uh, which was the Enneagram, um, and he took that and said, no, that should never be used. In, you know, a lot of people use this for uh, self-help, but, you know, it should never be used in spiritual direction. But that was pretty much it. He just kind of tried to pacify me, and I guess it on some level it worked because 
I, after that, I said, okay, I've done my part. I alerted the bishop to this. But it always bothered me after that when nothing happened, nothing changed. He had, he sent a letter to the director. He asked my permission to send a copy of my letter to the director, which he did. And I got a letter from her saying the same things that she told me, only she, this time she said, I wish you would have talked to me about this. <laughs> and it was <laughs> a surprise to me that I had not talked to her about this. <laughs> but, right. um, and it wasn't a very big program, so she would have known who I was. It's not like I could have gotten lost. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it, it has always bothered me that I didn't go back to the bishop and try to explain further or or get some kind of closure from talking to someone, you know, mm-hmm. a priest or, or a sister about what my role in this was. I mm-hmm. just took the easy way and said, I've done my part, and it's in God's hands now. Well, you know, Marianne, if I could just jump in, I wouldn't say you took the easy way. I mean, you you did something that was very difficult, actually. Um, Bishops get letters from a lot of people, and you know what? You did what what the priest in confession told you to do. Um, after that, it's really up to the bishop and this, this lady who kind of directed the program. So for you really, I, I would say you shouldn't feel bad in any way for not following up or writing more letters to the bishop. I'll tell you what, bishops, they get a lot of letters, like I said, and from some people, they get a lot of letters. And, you know, they've got a lot of things to worry about now. Should they, I mean, I've seen situations in my life where bishops just basically turn the other way. And it's really sad, you know, when they didn't correct something like this at a retreat house or a spirituality mm-hmm. center mm-hmm. or something. Right. There could be a lot of really wacky stuff going on. But I think, Debbie, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Marion did, um, you know, what her obligation and conscience mm-hmm. um, directed her to do. And I, I think anything beyond that might have been helpful, but wasn't, I don't think it was necessary. I completely agree. Uh, Marion, I, I, I truly believe you need to put this behind you, be at peace. Um, you uh, obeyed the priest um, who told you to go to the bishop. You went to the bishop. You turned it over to the bishop. Could you have gone back to the bishop and, and explained more? You, you could have, but I don't think it would have made a difference because um, I, I'll be honest with you, and all the bishops that I've worked with, um, they're pretty uh, intelligent um, men. Okay. So, I mean, he, he had to have known there was a problem, um, with this, with the way this process was with the spiritual direction program. So, so it's on him. Um, unfortunately it's on him and, um, that's, and so we pray, we pray that the good, this is what I would pray for. I would pray that the good Lord, the good Lord offers up another, uh, if, if, um, this Bishop is still in position, um, in the diocese, I would pray that the good Lord offers up another chance for this Bishop to do an additional, uh, right thing, um, so that he could get that off of him. You see, so we can pray, but I would put this behind you, Mary, and I don't think you did the easy way out. I thought I agree with Jerry. I think it was it was the right move. It was the obedient um, a way to do it, and and I think you did it well. Well, thank you. That makes me feel much better because I I, I see. I mean, they're still doing this now, and this mm-hmm. was probably fifteen years ago. And I've seen people in my parish go through it because we have a large. Um, retreat uh program in our parish and you know so they have people going through this program a lot and um 
we have yoga in our parish. And, oh, you know, that's, a, that's just, unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, and it, it always brings me back to that point where sure. I go, well, you know, now should I, you know, bring this up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not that person that just goes around pointing out what's wrong with things to people. Sure. Um, you but, know, I just, it took everything I had to write the letter. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But Marion, here's the thing, you know, that we're going to see that in parishes, unfortunately. And we just do, do our best when we're asked by our parishioners, our fellow parishioners, you know, should I be going to this? I, I would just state what you would do. No, I don't go to this because, and point them to the Women of Grace website where Sue Brinkman did fabulous research on, on all of these uh, new age practices that are dangerous. And they are portals and channels um, potentially for the demons. So you can you just you can just be you and be free to be you and 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 know that um, what you are standing for is as uh, the gospel message and the truths of our faith. And so be at peace, Marion. It's it's tough in this. It's tough to navigate this landscape right now of what's going on with different um, parishes and and you know different ideas and philosophies, even from our our leaders. So we have to just really, you know, st- stick to what we know, the catechism and our, and our church teaching and, and we go with it. Okay. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I feel much better already. And, oh, good. Good. Um, yes. I, I good. think I can be at peace with this now. Okay. Good deal. Well, thank you, Marion. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Marion. Christopher, we're going to get right to you after I mention that Wings is EWTN's weekly e-newsletter. You can find out about EWTN radio and TV shows, items from EWTN's religious catalog, and a lot more. You can sign up for Wings at EWTN.com and click on subscribe. Mm-hmm. Okay, Christopher, you've been, you've been holding very patiently in Athens, Alabama, a first-time caller to the program. Christopher, so good to have you with us. Good morning. Uh, well, uh, basically, uh, as soon as you mentioned it yesterday, it, it, uh, first thing that came to my mind was uh, about 20 years ago, because I'm 47 now, um, uh, I had a chance to uh, uh, take a discernment retreat at St. Bernard's uh, down in Coleman uh, and uh, for uh, priestly formation. And uh, I literally uh, got up to the driveway, and uh, I stopped. That for a second, obviously I listened to the enemy, turned around, and basically I went off and uh, uh, partied in Huntsville, and then I've been re- regretting it ever since. And uh, and uh, but the thing that amazes me is that uh, uh, when I look back on my uh, life, I mean all the opportunities God uh, gave me to basically. Stay in position of to help people. I mean, I didn't always answer it, but uh, I, I always had a, um, I guess, say, a ability to discern what was right and wrong, even when I knew I was partaking in the things that I know are wrong. And uh, he, the Holy Spirit, was always guiding me every step of the way. Mm-hmm. But what really uh, brought it to heart was probably. About three years ago, when uh, COVID started and everyone started locking down, and uh, um, I mean, I'd still been going to Catholic church and all that. I mean, but you know, we were having to watch church online, and uh, um, uh, St. Ignatius, because I was living up in Nashville, 
up until about uh, this past December. And uh, um, basically, when it came to the consecration, for instance, I mean, all I could do is watch the priest consecrate the the uh, the, the, the Eucharist. Yeah, the host, host, yes. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, you know, I started research online. Okay, I want to understand this more and more. And I was like, okay, well, I actually want something physical. And I think I was staring at the crackers in my apartment. And so I literally got some uh, uh, saltine crackers and a piece of toast and put it on a, a thing. I'm like, okay, well, vicariously, in a way, at least it was symbolically, um, uh, I'll be able to uh, enjoy that consecration. And, uh, you know, I did the same thing with some fruit punch. And so, you know, I started, and then I believe I might have been listening to EWTN, and, you know, they, they kept talking about uh, um, uh, 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 praying for vocations and uh, um, stuff like that. And then uh, I kept wanting to, you know, I kept looking into just, you know, there's nothing else to do, browsing on the Internet, uh, looking at different uh, um seminaries and whatnot, because uh, I had uh, recently taken a trip up to uh, Indiana and I passed right by, uh, what is that, St. Rad's right there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, I mentioned St. Bernard's, and I've always been fascinated uh, by uh, um, uh, our ladies of, or, um, my angelicas, I mean, it's off, off mm. the top of my tongue. Um, uh, but, um, uh, Christopher, let me, let me jump in if I may. We're going to be down to a couple minutes here. Um, Prior to this experience, had you been thinking about the priesthood? Had you sensed in your heart, in your spirit, that that might be your vocation from God? I mean, I, I had, uh, you know, inklings of it. You know, of course, my mother, the whole uh, time she was growing up, I mean, because I, you know, I haven't been able to hold down a stable relationship. And she was like, uh, you know, would be nice to be uh, a priest. And every so often, my father, even after my mother died, uh, he he would bring up, well, you know, you could always, uh, you know, look into diaconate and uh, um, uh, um, um, monastic, monastic life and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I do have like a, uh, say a great aunt on my mother's side. She she did uh, um, join a convent up uh, mm-hmm. near Chicago where she's from. But, you know, yeah. so it's always been, you know, in the back of my mind. Okay. Well, you know what, Christopher, we are going to run out of time in a couple minutes. If you would like to, uh, I was in priestly formation from 1989 to 95 and uh, discerned out at that time. And so I kind of know a little bit about what you're talking about. So if you would like to uh, chat about this at any greater length, you can email take2 at EWTN.com, take2 at EWTN.com. But what I would say maybe right now is um, perhaps the best thing for you to do is to if you feel maybe you wanted to stay locally as a priest or go to a religious order, but find a holy person, maybe a spiritual director, you know, or a, uh, the, the vocation director in, in the Diocese of Birmingham, and just make an appointment with him or her. I mean, sometimes they have nuns helping out, but if it's a priest, you know, he would have a lot of good wisdom for you. Just share with him what you've shared with us here on this program. Mm-hmm. And see, because they, Christopher, they get... <laughs> 
every kind of person coming in to apply and warts and all sometimes you know god does call us to the priesthood so i would say make an appointment with the vocation director and and just see where that goes maybe you'll maybe you'll find the peace to just kind of set this down now and devote your life to praying for priests and seminarians that would be something Mm -hmm. else you could do i completely agree with what jerry shared christopher you need a spiritual advisor somebody just to process this with you um with all the details of your life and and your personality so i and i also i really do hope and and pray that you uh, do take Jerry up on the offer and email him at take2 at EWTN.com, okay? I will. Okay. Thank you, Christopher. You'll be in our prayers, Christopher, and you're a first-time caller. Presumably, you're not a first-time listener, so you probably know that the Take Two family around the world takes intentions and people like you into prayer immediately, so you can Mm -hmm. be sure that you have uh, worldwide listenership and Take Two family praying along with you for this intention, okay? Appreciate it. Okay. God bless you. You'll be in our prayers. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. What a great episode of Take Two, you guys. The Take Two family, you did it again. You knocked it right out of the ballpark. You guys are amazing. We love you so very much. We want to thank the show team. We have a fantastic show team that does everything around this show to make it what it is. And we're just we're just so happy we get to work with them every weekday. Matt Gabinski, our call screener. Jeff Burson on social media. And of course, our producer, Ace McKay. Jerry? Yeah. And thank you, affiliates, for carrying the program as well. We are so grateful for that. I like to say, you know, the the radio stations and and the outlets for the show, they're like the hardware, and the programming is like the software. You know, you can't run a software program if you don't have the right hardware. So, folks, do support, pray for, and support your local station, your network, EWTN. It's so very important to us and to, I really believe, to countless souls who rely on EWTN radio and the great work of your local affiliates. Absolutely. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Jerry and Debbie Facebook page. Ace always uh, posts great things there. Um, and also find us at standtalltoday.com. Tomorrow's show, are you living life I mean, are you really living life or are you on autopilot? That's tomorrow's question. Get ready for it. I think it's going to be another great broadcast year. I think it is. So we wish you a beautiful and blessed day. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, thanks to all who called in and emailed and texted and posted on social media for making this another blessed episode of Take Two. I'm Jerry Usher for Debbie Giorgiani and again for the show team, wishing you a beautiful and blessed day. St. Joseph, please pray for us.